everybody. Happy Halloween. That's the day that it is. Um, if you are listening to this somewhere ages and ages hence, today, the, the, the day that this episode was released was Halloween 2022. Perhaps if you are in the future, you can tell whether or not life, has, life in the world has gotten better or if it has gotten worse. And we are living blissfully ignorant in Halloween of 2022. Um, or not, and things have taken a turn for the better. Anyways, I don't know why we're starting off in this very, excuse me, existential start. Uh, this is very atypical. Welcome, everybody. Thank you all so much for joining me today. This is the FearCast podcast. I am your host, Kevin Foss. I'm a licensed therapist. I do OCD and anxiety stuff. If y'all have listened, you know that by now. We do question and answers. Email me. Go over to fearcastpodcast.com. Send me a message over the submit a question link. Um, audio questions get bumped up to the tip at the top of the list. And um, I will put that on the next uh, episode. So today I have, I have, I do not have audios. I'm sorry. I love them. You love them. We all love them. Uh, send them to me. Or send me a, a link to your recording of your voice. Uh, send it through an app. Send it through. You can record it on your phone and email it to me over at questions at fearcastpodcast.com. Send me a message over at Instagram. I'm over at the Instagrams, um, or as I've said before, Instantgrams, um, for a very weird reason. It's unimportant. Um, I'm Fearcast Podcast over there. If you like the show, I hope you like the show. If you like the show, you're right. If you don't like the show, I'm sorry you don't like it, and I'm sorry it's terrible uh, to you. But if you like the show, I think you're right. So um, I'm in a very weird mood. Everybody, hear me out. The, the 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 moving saga of my life continues. This weekend is the big push. Today, I'm recording this on Friday before Halloween. Um, it, it, we we're, we're doing a big push. We're packing up stuff. Tomorrow, the van comes. Uh, people are going to help. We're going to take everything over to the new house, and half the house is being worked on. It's like they they've taken other rooms and and they're doing construction on the house. So we can't even move into half of the stinking house, and everything's covered in dust. And with my lung stuff, super great. And with um, you know, I have young children who you know, if they had it their way, they would lick the floor of dust. And I mean, you know, I'm fine with licking stuff off the floor, but, you know, we just had asbestos removed. I don't know what it's going to do, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, we have to accept the uncertainty. Maybe they are. The reality is they're going to. My children lick the floor. They're very weird. Children are weird. If you have children, you know. So anyways, um, I'm in a very goofy mood today. I hope today's questions go well. Today, we're going to go over two questions. Before we jump into those, I just want to make another announcement. Um, IOCDF, the online version of this, uh, online version uh, 2022 is coming up next weekend. So the first weekend in November, that will be the, that will be the weekend. So if you have not signed up, if you are new to OCD, if you want to learn more about OCD, if you want to hear some fantastic speakers, um, check it out. Uh, there is a fee for it. Uh, I don't know what it is. You can go over to uh, iocdf.org and you can learn all about it there. Um, I also make that announcement because I am speaking. And I'm speaking with um, two of my favorite people in OCD land, uh, Kelly Frankie and Lauren Rosen. Um, and uh, we're going to be leading one group, and we're going to be doing one talk, and they're going to be doing other talks, and it's a whole thing. So check it out. If you do join the talk, say hi, do a wave, whatever it might be. Again, if you like the show, back to that previous point, um, write a review, 
put a like, put a star, put a thumbs up, whatever it is at your uh, platform, and um, it, it means the world to me. I just read, uh, and I'm so behind in emails, I just read a, a very heartwarming email from Daniel, uh, where he sent a, a lovely message over to me, um, expressing some appreciation for the... Um, uh, the cancel culture episode of many, many years ago, or, or many, well, yes, many years ago. But um, Daniel, I'm so happy that that episode was uh, relevant to you, and it resonated with you, and it helped. That is the, y- your email, and yes, it it did turn out to be long, but that's fine. You got everything out you needed to get out. But it was, it it, it, is, it is the reminder of why I do this, and it means the world to me. Uh, and I appreciate you sending it to me. So um, if, if this uh, podcast has been helpful, I'm, I'm not going to read it. I, I know I, since Daniel, have, have done success stories as an option, and um, I, I'm not going to read the whole email. Um, but but um, if you have a success story, go over to fearcastpodcast.com. Write me a little message about your success. I want to know. Other listeners want to know about the success. If you're hearing my dog in the background, I apologize. She's probably barking at some... I don't know, marauder, invader into the realm, um, as, as dogs do. Um, she is, she's lemon of house Foss, um, defender of the realm and scooter of butts. That is her, um, uh, game of Thrones name. Uh, I maintain that all animals need to have a game of Thrones name. So again, she is lemon of house Foss and, um, Defender of the Realm, Scooter of Butts. So whatever your animal is or creature uh, or children, they need a Game of Thrones name. So consider it. That is your homework. Also, if you do come up with a Game of Thrones name, uh, tell me. Uh, go over to uh, send me a message over to Instagram. Uh, I'd love to hear it, and I will share my favorites um, in the future. So let's get on to these questions, everybody. So I have two somewhat yeah, they're, they're unrelated. They're related by OCD, but they're unrelated in terms of theme. So the first one is going to come from... Laura. Uh, Laura says, how do you distinguish between someone who is feeling anxious and upset about SO OCD, sexual orientation OCD, and someone who is just anxious about coming out? Also, for all forms of OCD, isn't figuring out the answer to the question needed in order to make important life decisions? In other words, don't I need to know that I'm not a pedophile in order to be safe around my children? Don't I need to know that I'm heterosexual in order to continue a relationship with my husband? Thank you so much for your guidance. All right, Laura, great questions. I've asked myself this question. I... You're gonna if you talk to a lot of therapists, as I sometimes do, you're gonna get a lot of different answers. So, I I take a I, t- I take somewhat of a controversial position. There will be therapists out there who will absolutely say, and they will be quite justified in saying, "No, you do not need certainty." Um, I'm sure. Uh, I don't need to name names. There are some people who would say, no, you don't need to know. There's some therapists that are going to say, how do we know anything in life? Uh, There are some people, there's going to be some schools of thought and some therapeutic approaches that will say um, that, that yes, you, you should be, you, you can be certain and can be aware of it, but also recognize that it is OCD. So, so Laura, my, my position on this, and so you have a couple of questions here. So in, in terms of, um, all right. So, in terms of trying to figure out the the answer, 
I, I'm torn on this. You've heard me say this already. I'm torn on this because you say, don't I need to, isn't it, isn't figuring out the answer to the question needed in order to make important life decisions? Kind of. In order to make, quote, important life decisions, we do give it some thought. We do weigh the pros and cons. We may even ask some trusted advisors, friends, loved ones who know us, care for us, want the best for us, etc. We may ask them their opinion, their thoughts, their, um, their, their uh, intuition on this in order for us to start making decisions. Think about, you know, which college should I go to? Uh, should I, you know, is, is, is what do you think about my partner that I'm going to marry? Are they a reasonable human? Hey, I'm thinking about quitting my job and t- going into this other field. What do you think? These are kind of big life choices, right? We, you're right, we don't want to make them willy-nilly. We do consider it. Now, here's what I'm hearing, though, and here's what I'm worried about. Is OCD saying you need to know, you need to know, meaning you need to know conclusively for certain 100% fact in order to continue or in order to take one step further? So, for example, how will, how will I know that this is the right college for me? I don't. I think it's a good college. I think it has a lot of pros. But man, that other college also had this going on for itself. And that one is also pretty good. But I can't predict the future. But maybe right now I feel like this is the right one for me. Great. I might change my mind. How do I know that this business I'm going to get into is the right one for me? You don't. You only know afterwards. And afterwards meaning like when you're dead. That's when you kind of decide whether or not, looking back on everything, whether or not it was reasonable. Anyways, I know what people are going to say. And I think it, it, you, you kind of answer it in, in this first part, or you kind of just allude to it in this first part. It's with SOOCD, some of the main concerns is, you know, am I being my authentic self? So do I fully know myself? And if I don't fully know myself, or if I make a decision based on false information, a lack of information, or I'm just wrong, it will have this tremendously awful impact on my life, on other people. It will drag my my partner that I, I, I through the mud. Um, everything will change and everything will be awful. Um is the perception, perhaps. Um, but again, it's it's the core of it is, I don't fully know myself. Well, we we know a lot about ourselves, and part of what we do is is we we well what anxiety does, what OCD does, is it makes you doubt what you know, it makes you doubt what you believe to be true about you. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to say true big T. I'm going to say true little T, meaning stuff that we most likely think is true, not cosmically factual. That's what OCD wants you to have. But there's stuff that we believe to be true about ourselves. OCD casts doubt on that and makes you go, is that true? 
is big T. Is that fact? What if this other thing? Maybe this. I could see myself doing this. And by the way, in here, we're getting into our imagination and playing with things that aren't fact, aren't based in what you, what is consistent with you, what has been traditionally true about you, what is what what you have fought for, worked towards, etc. I will also point out that you sent me this email. I'm, I'm expecting out of out of fear and anxiety, hoping that Kevin is going to be able to give you the answer about who you are. It is fueled by this doubt, this doubtful question, and you are fighting to you are fighting to fighting for this idea that you are a heterosexual person, presumably. Um, not presumably heterosexual. I'm uh, based on what you're saying. I'm going to presume that you are fighting for your heterosexuality. Yeah, you believe that to be true. There's a thought in your head that is producing doubt about that. And you need to trust your compulsive conclusion, the thing that you have been fighting for all along. Now, the more that you spend time questioning yourself and engaging with that fantasy element of it, the more confused and more screwed up you're going to be. Screwed up in the most effect, in the most uh, affectionate sort of way, you get what I'm saying. We screw our, our mind up doing this. So, um, how do we, so you said, uh, how do we, for example, you said, um, don't I need to know if I'm, that I'm not a pedophile in order to be around my children? No, you don't. You don't. You don't think that you're a pedophile. You're saying, well, I might be. Okay. You might be. Might be is not is. You might be. You've historically trusted and believed that you are not. You have fought for the idea that you are not. You have ruminated about whether you are and have concluded that you are not. Great. Laura, trust that. And then when your brain says, but you don't know for certain, cosmically, existentially, the, 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 universally. Great. Maybe I'm not. When that thought, when that doubt tries to pull you back into this game, go. You know what? Maybe I'm not. Or, or excuse me. Maybe I'm. Maybe I am. Rather, maybe I am this pedophile, and I'm going to do this thing. But I'm going to spend time with my kids. Oh, maybe I am deep down gay, and I just don't know who I am in my in my core. Well, maybe I'm. Go, maybe I am, or I'm going to learn that I'm wrong. But until then, I'm going to make the best of this uncertainty, the best of this maybe kind of sort of, I may be 51% confident that I'm straight, given the doubt. Great. We're going to make the best of it. And if and when, ages and ages hence, we discover that we were wrong, okay, we adapt. We shift. We change. We, we, we are malleable people, and we will make adjustments to our lives. So, Laura, that's what you can do. Practice making those, practice being open to the possibility that maybe you will have to be um, malleable somewhere in the future. So, you also said, um, how do you distinguish between someone who is who's anxious about uh, sexual orientation, OCD, and someone who's just anxious about coming out? Well, as a um, heterosexual male, it's tough for me to say with definitiveness what that feels like. But 
from what I understand, there's going to be, there is going to be a difference. One of the things is you're talking about here is you're talking, you're, you're saying this is fueled by anxiety most of the time. And this might be reassurance, reassurances for a lot of people. But some of the differences is, is you're, you're, you're being driven by you're being driven by anxiety, not about the question, but about are you being driven by the or anxiety by the question or anxiety by the process of coming out? A lot of times, people will share their their anxiety about coming out when they are are tr- quote truly truly uh, identifying as and they are fifty one percent identifying as as um, somewhere on the LGBT spectrum. They say this feels this feels like me. What's most anxiety-provoking is what this is going to do by me coming out, by me sharing this, by me telling my grandma, telling my mom, etc., telling my dad, whoever. Whereas a lot of times with SOOCD, the 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 coming out process is, or the coming out thought is there, but it is it is a, a a just a ripple effect of the initial anxiety of oh no I don't know who I am oh man if I am this thing here are all the other things that then need to take place domino style if that were to be true kind of like someone who's worried about what if they're a pedophile well then oh no, then I'm never going to be able to have kids. I'm never going to be able to live near school. I'm going to have to live out in the middle of nowhere. I'm, I'm never going to be able to be around my, my family, my nieces and nephews again, because they're going to, I'm going to do something awful. And they might get caught up with, oh no, what's it going to be like for me to never have kids? And they can ruminate about that and be sad about that and to be anxious about what it would do to their family or to their partner to say they're never going to have kids. It's not about that. It's about the other thing. It's about the core issue and core anxiety. So, Laura, I, I hope all of this was helpful. Again, some of this may have been inappropriate reassurance seeking, but you know what, Laura, I don't know how many times you've asked this question, but you asked it to me just once, so I will answer it. So, what my main guidance will then be is to accept this uncertainty and to trust what you have been fighting for all along and accept the possibility that maybe, maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're going to discover something about yourself in the in the future, but maybe you're not. And maybe I'm going to discover that thing, and I'm going to have to tell my wife, and and it's going to cause a rift in the family, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't know if it would cause a rift in the family. My family is pretty accepting. I, I, un, until I discover they're not, I don't know. Point is, is that we, we don't know. And instead of focusing on this, this question, focus on the here and now. How do you, if in this fear that you're living this lie, live the best lie that you can. Live the best lie with your husband and happily ever after. And maybe we'll discover it in the future. If and when it happens, shoot me an email. We'd love to talk about it. But I bet I'm never going to get that email, Laura. I bet I'm not. But if it happens, shoot me an email. So, Laura, I hope that was helpful. Thank you so much for sending it in. Oh, all right. So now I'm going to have my coffee because I needed more. Oh, my goodness. All right, here we go. A lot of people, well, I drink a lot of coffee. A lot of people think I'm very snooty with my coffee because I, I... I have a kegerator and I have a nitro cold brew at my house. Um, it's not what I'm drinking right now. What I'm drinking right now is instant. I'm sure there are coffee folks out there who are just judging me aggressively for that. Uh, that's fine. Uh, I found one that's pretty good, and it's because I'm 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 lazy. I'm lazy, and I have things to do, and I have coffee to drink. Okay, so this next question comes from Morgan. 
Boy, we're going to do a shift today. So Morgan says, uh, hi, Kevin. First off, thanks for doing this podcast. I just discovered it by typing, quote, faith and doubt on Spotify because that's what I struggle with. Uh, she says, quote, God isn't real. You're not a Christian. The Bible isn't true. These are all things that constantly go through my mind, even after I, even after I don't research and determined that it's more absurd that it's wait that's more absurd and not believe in God because uh, I go through my mind even after okay I think we all made sense so um, she goes on to say I have OCD I'm 31 and I was diagnosed as a child um, I've learned to deal with the compulsions uh, but with the faith thing has been something I've always struggled with I capital letters want there to be God I capital letters want to have a relationship with him and Christ, but my mind keeps telling me that he that that, um, that God is impossible and just wishful thinking. My mind is an atheist, but my heart and soul are Christian. I think that's actually a poetic way to say it. I appreciate that. Um, she goes on to say. All I want to be is firm in my faith. I truly, truly can't put into words how much I want to have faith. It makes going to church hard because I really feel like a fake, like I don't deserve to be there and say that I'm a Christian because of my uh, abundance of, uh, of doubt and lack of faith. I feel like Thomas. So if you're not in Christian town um, or church town, you might not know who Thomas is. That's that's fine. Uh, Google Doubting Thomas. You'll learn all about him. He's a fun one. Um, so the, he goes on to say, I guess my question is, are my doubts, even after all of my research into the plausibility of God, are they because of my OCD? Am I more doubtful that the average, or am I more doubtful than the average person because of this disorder? I don't struggle with the main symptoms of religious scrupulosity, but my main symptom, or my, my main problem simply comes in quote, in capital letters, believing that even as, or, uh, or in, in believing that there is even God, and especially in, or wait, I, why reading is hard today, but my problem simply comes in believing there even, oh, that's why it's grammatically wrong. Okay, I should have edited this. My problem is simply believing, um, believing that there is a God and believing especially in Christ. There we go. Words. Um, uh, any answers, advice, or prayer you can provide are greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you. All right. Morgan, thank you so much for this question. Morgan, I hear this all the time, all the time from my script clients. So, um, so can, can OCD make you doubt more? Yes. That's what it does. There's a great, great book on religious scrupulosity called The Doubting Disease. I encourage you to you, you look it up. I don't know who the author is. It starts with a C. It's impronounceable, even if I had the book in front of me. Point is, Google Doubting Disease book, you'll find it. It's great. Um, it has a lot of really good advice in there, really good guidance on how to deal with uh, religious scrupulosity. So can it make you doubt more? Yes, because what, what all OCD does is it makes you question these things that you believe to be true. And it asks that doubtful obsession, or it asks that question, hey, what if you don't believe in God? Even though, as you said, you desperately want this, it says, but what if this thing that you want the most isn't true? Doesn't that sound like some of the other obsessions we've talk talked about? I want to be in love with my husband, my wife, my cat, my dog, my kids so much. 
And then it says, but what if you don't? What if you don't fully love them? What if you love somebody else? What if they don't love you? What if you're incapable of love, right? All these questions just undermining and destroying that thing that you're fighting for the most. What if, you know, what, what if I'm, you know, I'm believing you're a good person. What if I'm a bad person? What if I maliciously will harm someone? Ooh, what if I don't know who I am? I'm looking at you, Laura. What if I don't know who I am and I'm going to destroy my life because I don't know fully who I am, what I'm about? Ooh, we have these that this, this is why OCD is OCD. It's not that Morgan is is uniquely screwed because uh, uh, they have uh, religious scrupulosity. It's not that Laura is uniquely screwed because she has uh, uh, she has SOOCD. It's you have OCD, and it makes you doubt and question who you are, what you're about, your position in life, your position within relationships to other people, the future, the past, the universe, etc. That's what it does. So, uh, Morgan, what you are talking about then is that you've said, I really, 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 really want to have faith. Gosh, Morgan, you sure apparently are caring a lot about something that you apparently don't care about. Hmm. Curious, isn't it? What you're talking about, mainly it sounds like, is the feeling. You want the feeling of faith. You want the lovey-doveys, that feeling of confidence in God, that feeling of, of, of closeness with God. Right now, by the way, I will say maybe you are having questions, and you know what? There's a lot to question about faith. I will say that as a faithful person, that man, I got some questions myself. Uh, how does it work? Who? You, why, why? I'm not gonna. I don't need to outline all of my questions, but there are. If you are, if you have questions about the meaning of God, who God is, um, your relationship with God. You would not be the first, and I'm telling you, Morgan, you will certainly not be the last. People have doubts, and you are permitted to have doubts. Doubts are not, doubt, are, doubt is not the thing that undermines and destroys the thing that you want. It's the thing that happens alongside of the thing that you want. And it's the thing that you, it, 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 it's the side effect of having a human brain that thinks stuff. You thinks stuff. And our brain thinks in synonyms and antonyms. It thinks in similarities. So, it, so if I say couch, you might think um, you, you might you might think chair. You might think love seat. You might think sofa. You might you know stuff like that. But if I say couch, you might also think elephant. You might also think spikes. You, like the complete opposite, right? If I say something good, if I say good, you might think bad. If I say something holy, you might say blasphemous, right? This is what our brain kind of does, and it's basically saying, hey, here's this thing that you believe. What if the opposite were true? As a consideration, as an option, as a thing to, to think about, if you'd like, but you don't have to. So, this is, I'm saying this ultimately as an expectation about what our brain does, what my brain does, what your brain does, and I'm willing to bet others who are listening to this. We need to expect that to be there. I did an episode of, gosh, like, first maybe five episodes, one of them was on what I call the underminer, a little part of our brain, and it could also be called devil's advocate. It's this little part of our brain that when we say one thing, it says the complete opposite. Hey, I really love my wife. 
but this thing is annoying about her. Oh my gosh, my kids are delightful, but don't you kind of want to throw them in a river sometimes? Because they're annoying. Um, now, some of these things are true, but the point is, is that when we think one thing, we can sometimes think the opposite. So, expect that that's going to be there as part of your brain. Now, our job then isn't to then investigate all of them, nor to treat that thought, that underminer thought, as if that one's the true thought. You say, I desperately want to have faith, but then you say you have doubt. Okay? Hold those in tension. Hold those together. You have both. You have questions, but you also have this desire, this yearning toward, right? So, that's, so I would say that that is something that you can acknowledge and you should lean on. Um, you're kind of talking about that you ultimately want to have faith. Now, Ted Witzek, who's a, um, a, 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 a brilliant therapist, and um, I've told him this. I don't know if he cares. Uh, he's my unofficial mentor. Um, I'm just claiming him as mine because uh, he's a delight and very, very smart. Um, one thing that I heard him say recently is that faith is trusting God through the doubt. Faith is trusting God through the doubt, not trusting in, not trusting God, um, so long as doubt's not there. Trusting God when we destroy anxiety, it's both. We trust God, and by the way, trust here is an action. It's a thing that you do. It's a collection of of orientations of thought, mind, behavior, etc. We trust God through the doubt. So even though you are having questions and you're feeling, and I'll say I'll also say doubt in terms of the feeling, that lack of connection to God, though that's there too, we trust what you've read, what you've heard from your pastors or priests or bishops, and you continue to do the things that the average person in your church would do. More specifically, you do the things that make you feel or that, make, that, that you believe are bringing you closer into a relationship with God, within reason, within function, within sustainability. You do those things despite that feeling. We do this anyways. If you're annoyed with your mom, if you're angry with your mom, and she says, we can be angry with her, but then I might say, hey, do you love your mom? You might say yes. Even though you don't feel the lovey-doveys, you still would say that you do. And both these things are true. You love your mom and you're annoyed with her. Now, similarly, you might say, hey, are you annoyed with your mom? Yes. Hey, she needs help grabbing something in the garage. Okay. You do the thing for her because you love her, because you care for her, because in your heart of hearts, you, you, you want to be maintaining this relationship. So you would probably drag your butt out there to go do that thing. Even though you don't want to, you do it. Now, these are kind of loose examples, but it comes. But that's how it comes within this: is that we cling to our faith even when we're feeling doubtful and trusting that you know what God knows. Um, I've given this example before, and I believe this is an example that I didn't come up with, but um, uh, Jamie Eckert came up with. And, and Morgan, you might have listened to this episode. Um, she she reminded me that at the end of the story in Job, Job has gone through a lot of stuff in um, in his it, it, misadventures um, or his. Uh, misadventures. 
I don't know, trials? Maybe that one's better. But at the end, he goes, hey, God, what in the heck? Why did I have to go through this? And God said, hey, you don't get to know. I know you don't get to know. It tells us we're not going to get all the answers. And yet, Job continued to trust and take those steps. So, there are a lot of other examples I could give, and I'm not going to bore everybody with more of those examples. But that's what we do. That's what we do as faithful people, especially faithful people who have thought in our head and faithful people who have questions and have doubts. Um, And and you're allowed to have those questions. So, um, that's something that I would encourage you to do is to practice sitting with those things in tandem and what it feels like to to have that doubt or to have that disconnection, but continue to do the things that promote connection. Not in this compulsive manner, but as this thing that you've said, this is, this is what's hap- this is what's healthy for me to do. And trying to build that relationship. And if you feel great one day, awesome. If you feel awful the other day, that's fine. That's part of the process. We're going to ride those waves of connection. So, I know that's kind of all over the place, and I hope that all makes sense. Um, I'll see if I'm missing anything. <laughs> I'm probably missing a ton. Um, right. But you, okay, so again, you, you say you're struggling. Uh, the problem simply comes in believing even that there is God. Gosh, again, Laura, or excuse me, again, Morgan, you keep fighting for for believing. It sounds like you believe. I want to know what you mean by believe. Do you mean that you feel fully connected to God, that you feel this overwhelming 24-hour-a-day constant orgasm of happiness and, and, and delight with God? I, I, that's what I hear a lot of. That's what kind of what they expect. And that's to a certain degree, and I'm going to come down on churches for this. Stop saying that that's what it means to be a faithful person. Because you aren't either. We have bad days. We feel down. Some people interpret that or say that that is a lack of faith. It's not. It's because you're you're a human and you have dynamic emotions. And we can have joy. The whole idea of like being joyful in our sorrows or joyful in our, our trials or I'm screwing up that verse. Joy does not necessarily mean the feeling of happiness. Happiness is transitory. Joy is that thing that we continue to do because it is meaningful to it. I have I have joy in being a therapist, and man, is it annoying sometimes and hard. I have joy doing this podcast, but man, does it take time and is and is and is it's time consuming and sometimes it's annoying and sometimes it's a struggle but I find joy in it because it's meaningful to me so that it's not happiness all the time and yes doing a podcast and being a therapist of course it makes me happy a lot I clearly am having a good day today but some days I'm not and I ride through that because that's what I expect as a human Morgan Expect this human relationship with God too. So, 
I would, again, question and, and look at and acknowledge whether or not believing to you means that or something else. Now, if you have further questions, again, I would encourage you to find a therapist and to kind of unpack further a lot of this stuff and, and finding an OCD therapist and, if possible, finding a therapist that specializes or knows anything about um, religious scrupulosity. I think that can really help push you in a, in a good direction. Um, two books to check out, The Doubting Disease and also check out Can Christianity Cure My Obsessive Compulsive Disorder by Ian Osborne. Um, that book, it's a, it, it's a, it, it's a lot of very great examples. The, the key part to it, I think, could be a pamphlet, and it's more near the latter half of the book, but there are a lot of fantastic examples that I think will be really beneficial to you. So, Morgan, thank you so much, and I certainly hope that you're able to find what you're looking for, but also trusting that, uh, or learning to trust. Um, oh, I'll leave this, um, the last thing I'm going to say, because I also have a session coming up, um, is, um, so uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, I'm going to mess up the verse, but it's something like, um, faith is being uh, certain of what we hope for and sure of what we do not see. Maybe it's the reverse, sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. I think it's that one in the one translation, but certain of what we hope for, not what we have, right? It's not a, as as um, uh, Alec Pollard would say. It's not very admirable to believe that today is Friday. It is Friday. Everyone knows that. But to believe in something that we have hope in, that we're certain of stuff that we don't that we don't see, that is abs- that is outside of our existence, is admirable and is hard and is weird and is is life giving as well for some. So um, I, I would encourage you to kind of think about that, of what that then means, what that verse can mean for you. All right, everybody, this is not meant to be a sermon, and I kind of fell into sermon town, and I apologize for anybody who is not in uh, Jesus town or doesn't care or, um, I don't know, I, I, otherwise is annoyed by me talking about faith. It's something that I care about, and I want, it, I want faith to be good for people who want it to be good. So if, if this is this is not me proselytizing, this is me saying, Morgan, I, I want you to have the fullest faith that you can, and I hope you find it. So um, I'm gonna slide that that uh, uh, ending music in here. I thought today I should write like scary music for the podcast, but realized with moving, there ain't no way I'm gonna do that. All my, my instruments are packed up anyhow. So everybody. Um, uh, again, if you have feedback for me or feedback for Laura, feedback for Morgan, uh, message me over at fearcastpodcast.com or message me over at Instagram at fearcastpodcast over there, and I'll, I'll put that criticism up there. Um, and uh, again, if you like the show, I certainly hope that you do. Um, give a review, give a like, or send in, send in a, um, or and, I'll say and, send in a, um, a, a success story. That would be fantastic. So everybody, please remember that the Fearcast is not substitute for psychotherapy if you need a little bit of help in your recovery go over to fearcastpodcast.com and click on the find help link and there's going to be some stuff for you there um lastly everybody until next time take a risk uh challenge yourself and don't take your brain too seriously bye